Welcome to another episode of a podcast about falling down and not getting back up. I'm your host, Spencer Shepard. Join with me is... Junk. Junk? <laughs> and Yeah, <laughs> Junk. And we're also joined by a very special guest today. Everyone that's listening, um, he's a friend of mine and Josh. We grew up together on the island. He now lives in Upper New York. I think he might... Either he's a Buffalo Bill or he. Yeah. Is this, yeah, is this can... true, Ian Layton? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the region of the state, and by the way, I didn't know this before I moved, but it's it's, it's Western New York. Um, so Buffalo uh, is is the most west Western city in New York. It's right on the border of Canada, and then I'm an hour east gotcha. in a city called Rochester, New York. And don't anybody. And so, in case it wasn't clear, Ian is our new is our uh, guest today on our podcast yeah. and thanks for being here thanks for joining us for the second interview we've ever done such a pleasure thanks, i dude. i literally have been following this podcast since its inception <laughs> i i heard i heard the the tales i listened to the therapy session um yeah what interview. did you think of the therapy session well are we gonna get into that you're, you're like, a, um are we gonna get in there? job involves a uh involves like social it's like social care right and it's correct? yeah it's uh it's like a an outpatient facility so if like you are um say you're someone that's just struggled with mental health for a long time um and you want like be, be in a program that kind of helps you like gain some skills and like work towards a goal um it's 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 that kind of program you like go like three times a day uh, three times a week kind of th- situation mm. yeah gotcha so um so what is your take on what I did then that that I've let me just I am I'm so excited about talking about this because yeah I what I usually do with you guys this podcast is I'll, I'll have like an hour lunch break and I'll go home and I'll just like put it on as I'm making like lunch yeah what I do I like play videos or I'll like I'll yeah, like yeah. play like first take for some reason I love like first take videos like Stephen A Smith and like Max Kellerman I don't know why but yeah why do you want to you just sit and let people yell at each other i hate it's honestly it's honestly like amazing it raises my blood pressure (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so i you know like you guys came out with that podcast and um i could tell the tone was going to be different Mm. um and i was intrigued i was like whoa this is like and 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 spencer just like dove right in and i was like oh yeah i I just like this is this is like real (laughs) dude I got to tell you something when it's people, uh, I appreciate you saying that Ian, whether you're in, like, I don't, I am okay with like seeming however I seem. I want to actually, when people say like, Oh, I keep it real. How often do people ever actually keep it real? Who, who asked who to keep it real? I'm saying in life, people say things like, I'll keep it 100, oh, yeah, yeah. man. I keep yeah. it real. And it's like, mm, do you really? <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do you keep it 100? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I um, thought it was, so, my god wait first off josh yeah how was that for you like you you like talked about some, like, really video? like uh you know like vulnerable things i think we like can all relate to but i mean like what how did that come about well i mean it was literally just like a conversation that we probably had i mean we were literally just like about to have that conversation whether it was going to be recorded or not yeah so that's true like why don't we just record it 
that was yeah i think it was awesome of josh to let it out and i we sort of had that the talk about it and he was a little bit hesitant but i was like dude no one's gonna listen to this and not relate to this and no one's gonna listen to this and like hate on you for this right you know like that would be such a fucked up response if you're hating it's because you are probably experiencing the same thing but you're just not owning up to it. you're like yeah. too afraid um but no i thought it was cool because like it was definitely like spencer is definitely not like josh's therapist in that no like he's his friend and you can tell because like spencer would <laughs> spencer you'd like <laughs> you'd like get on his ass about shit in a way that like i would never talk to someone but that's because he's your friend and like yeah gonna, i mean you're gonna be nice to your friend you're gonna be kind to your friend loving your friend but you're also gonna be like like a lie to them you need to like you know like sometimes tell them just as it needs to be told um, yeah, I also I need that myself, dude. So like I I don't feel like I I need that kind of thing myself. And sometimes I talk to myself that way or whatever. But like I just believe in I don't believe in like that's not hurting someone's feelings in my it may at least the way I see it. It's like I'm never coming from a place of like I want to fucking hurt your feelings. It's more like, dude, like you just got to hear it how it it is, or yeah. at least how I think it is. Right. Um, to be fair, you followed that up with like saying nice things and being like you got this so it wasn't like you were just like you know <laughs> uh, you know grow a pair of balls like you got this you were like hyping him up oh yeah yeah i i don't want to <laughs> we don't want to let the pupper dog whimper into the <laughs> night dude <laughs> i thought this um, podcast hey, was about falling down and not getting up but it is know, it's not pretty, really yeah we don't much, really want to get um okay, too, so you get too high yeah. i i do want to ask you a question though we're going to hit you with several questions. Please. So I want to, because I do want to get into some stuff with you. You said to Josh after our episode that I wasn't, because I think I referred to you as a social justice warrior. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no, tell Spina I'm an anarchist. But, you, yes. but what, is an, like, what is an anarchist, Ian, to you? And what is the overall, like, what would be the end game? Or, like, what's the goal? That's a really good question. So first off, um, yeah, I. Uh, by the way, I wasn't offended by that at all. Um, I don't think you were. I thought you thought it was kind of like yeah, funny. That's what. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, well, anarchism is a is a political. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you just like the very basics. I'm not going to get too yeah. deep into it because that's just ridiculous. It's it's going to be exhausting. Uh, okay. but, you know, anarchism is is just like any other political um, tendency, right? So anarchists throughout history uh, essentially believe in a few like core principles. Um, so anarchists believe that um, we need to essentially end capitalism. Okay, so that's one sort of like very common belief. It's a, mm -hmm. we, we, we believe that capitalism is a system that just produces uh, inequalities and hierarchies that are like not sustainable and um people aren't really like free under this system so that's okay. one uh, another core principle is that uh, we don't believe that anyone should have the power to essentially like dominate somebody else and that doesn't mean like in a sport or something but like socially right so mm -hmm. no one person should have the right to like control another person and like enslave another person or um you know like physically like violently limit someone anything like that so we don't believe in like 
that unless you can uh, justify it, right? So a parent to a child, okay? Like a parent is, is older, like yeah. parents have to make decisions for kids. So that's a justifiable um, like hierarchy. Sure. Um, what else are some other common um, things? So it feels like there's often this image linked of like somewhat violence associated with anarchism though, right? So it's like- yes. So when people think it, like when I think of it, the first thing I think of is like V for Vendetta, literally the anarchist A, which is sort of like just a scary, not like scary, but it has, it's like a, it's an aggressive A. Yes. Yes. You know, and so it has a sort of aggressive tone to it. And it felt also like it feels kind of punk, if that Mm -hmm. makes. Yes. Um, And so do you think that there's people that are kind of joining into the anarchist movement just because they're attracted to those things and not so much the actual things that you just mentioned? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think that, uh, yeah. So that image that you just described is, is, is an image that is actually, it's used strategically and it's been used strategically throughout history. Okay. So during all these social uprisings this last, su- last summer, in every city, whether it's like mayors, city council members, Democrat and Republican, as well as the president, even you know, Biden, Trump, all those people, they always talk about these sort of violent anarchists. They, oh, it's, it's like a boogeyman kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah there, are, there are people that set fire to uh, police pre- precincts, right? Like we, we saw that. Um, and but is that even anarchism though? Is that, or is that like, well, to me, that's its own. Thing. Right. So people who did that, um, I'm sure most of them aren't anarchists and I'm sure some of them are just people living in those cities that are completely fed up, whatever. But yeah. it's like, a, it's a term that's used to kind of um, say a city erupts in violence it's easier for the mayor to say, oh, it's these outside agitators. It's these anarchists coming in and lighting fire to our city. It's easier to say that rather than, wow, our city is experiencing some really intense problems. Yeah. The city has literally erupted into like uprising riots, right? So it's always, it's used as kind of like a a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Now there's some anarchists that um, do believe that like, property destruction and such things like that is actually okay there's some anarchists that don't really care about that and they're more interested in like food programs or like mutual aid programs i'm sure you've heard this like term mutual yeah 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 yeah. um or they're interested in like um being a part of their workers union and are are interested in like organizing their block to like make sure needs are met so anarchism is more about that than it is about just like committing violence um but that image of anarchism is 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 pushed on the public and it creates yeah. a sort of like fear of like oh these these scary anarchists but i mean you know me i identify as an anarchist because i i just believe these things and i've chosen to live my life this way but i'm not out there like fomenting violence right i'm not, You're right not really my no 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 my, I, I agree yeah um as a sort of a of a friend from the outside looking in and just sort of seeing like I only have seen Ian kind of through the eyes of occasionally running into you and then seeing your activity through like Facebook and whatever for years. Yeah. I appreciate that you back up what you talk about online. And so I think I've told you that before, which is like, I don't always agree with all of the things that you maybe have put out there, right. but I really appreciate that everything that you have put out there 
you actually like really truly seem to stand behind it, which is a cool thing. And a thing that I don't know how many people our age or even like, it feels like it's a selfless act to actually stand behind something that you care about. So I, I just want to give you props for that. Oh, thank you. Um, are you happy with the results of the election? All that being said, uh, because yeah. like if you're an anar, if you're not really, you're, cause you're not a Joe Biden guy then like by any means. Yeah. So this is another really good topic. Um, so another, another, so I said that anarchists are like anti-capitalists, but what separates uh, lots of anarchists from say communists is that communists believe that um, the state, right? So like the police and the government and all these things that we call the state can actually be used to like make society more equitable and like less oppressive right but okay. anarchists actually don't believe that they they think we, we we've seen that in history when uh there's been revolutions and then like the people that started the revolution took over the state that they actually used it in a, they kind of right. recreated the same issues so um we don't like believe in that like the state is a good thing <laughs> so right that's also why there's so much opposition to anarchism because, anarchism because we're kind of saying like the way things are should completely change. And that's, and that's change that's, is that's terrifying. Threat. Yeah. That's, well, yeah. And it's threatening to people that benefit from the way things are now. Um, but to answer your question, um, I know I'm glad that like Trump lost. I mean, he's, of uh, course. he's, he's, he's terrible. Um, and I'm I mean, he's the devil walking on earth, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he's like, he's kind of the epitomizes the worst of like this country and, and like the worst tendencies of this country. Um, but I also don't believe that like substantial change would ever happen through Joe Biden or even any president really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm glad that Trump lost. I don't really like Joe Biden. Um, he's, he doesn't represent any meaningful change, but I'm glad that Trump's gone. Um, so, yeah. What about you guys? What do you think? Um, Josh, what do you think? You haven't, yeah. I haven't heard a lot of people. Here, yeah, here's, uh, me, Josh. well, and like everybody's been, I mean, especially <laughs> kind of like mainstream, like centrists in the media have been saying like, oh, now, now is going to be like the time for unity in America. Uh, and that that seems like problematic. There's a lot of things that seem like problematic about that. And I was wondering, like, what your take on that whole idea is. Mm. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> that's. Yeah, I think it's it's like, it's problematic it's because. Worth it. Oh, go ahead, Josh. What was well, that? I was just saying, like, is that? I mean, like, I get, I mean, what they're saying is like like we need to connect with Trump's base. Like we're so divided. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that's a futile thing to do. And I don't think you need to, I think you just need to like improve the material conditions uh, that like the working class lives in. I don't think. Wait, but the working class is Donald Trump's base also, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I like, if you improve their material conditions through like uh, universal health care or like a more like economically equitable society, I think they would be less likely to vote for like an authoritarian kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, I think it's, it's really complicated and, and 
um, it's true that, uh, like what Spencer said, a lot of a lot of Trump supporters are would be considered working class. Um, but then a lot of actually, uh, we we tend to think of working class as kind of like the like these kind of like rough like white kind of like we have this image um, and. And, and the working class is way more diverse now. Right, um, yeah. And and so I do think, I agree with Josh that if um, if instead the Democratic Party said, actually, we're going to run on this really like ambitious platform that is going to like limit the amount of inequality we have and um, like give working class people like, you know, yeah, universal health care and better wages and more protections in their work and more opportunities to live just more comfortable lives. Um, I think there would be less like, um, I think you'd have less chance of having a Trump-like figure again. The problem is that Joe Biden isn't that, right? Like you said, Josh, he's spending all of his time sort of like pining for this old image of America where we're reaching across the aisle and you know, Republicans and Democrats are working together. But Republicans don't want to work together with Democrats. <laughs> well, also, and Democrats don't really want to work together with Republicans. But like, right? Um, yeah, no, no, neither party really wants to work together. It's just the straight up truth that everyone's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're trying to buy into this idea, but it's everyone's just throwing up their middle fingers right now. Right. Um, I I do want to not go all politics the whole time with yes, you. Absolutely. Um, talk about whatever. So, do you think you live an outs like an outs? Do you, are you do you have an outspoken personality? Or do you think you have an outspoken life? Oh, definitely life because I I I don't. I'll speak up when I feel you know there's space for it, but I'm I'm not like a rah rah. I like to speak more. So you, do you action. ever feel like you tone yourself? I guess I'm saying. Do you ever do I like maybe down? reserve yourself? Yeah, I think I have a tendency to. Um, like when I'm, especially when I'm like meeting people, I'll kind of, unless I feel immediately comfortable, I'll kind of hold a little bit of myself back. Yeah. And then when I feel like, okay, you're someone I can be myself around, then I'll open up. But what um, about like your, like with your dad, with your, I mean, you and your brother live are very different, like in terms yeah. of what you, you know, like maybe, I mean, he's in the banking world, right? Yes. Yes. Which kind of goes against some of the things that you're, you're kind of like trying to tear those walls down. And he's, <laughs> and he's and he's nickel and diamond these poor Saudi Arabians like for the oil money. <laughs> yeah, so, my brother is literally in the Sahara right now. He's wearing like a <laughs> he's wearing like a, a Saharan like Saudi Arabian like uh, I don't know the correct name for it. He's like kicking it with the princes and, and yeah the, yeah. Um, no, that's that's a good question. I. Um, I mean, me and my brother aren't, aren't that close uh, in general. We, we never really have been that close, but I think there's like a, a healthy respect uh, between us. Um, we don't really like talk about like politics. Um, Dad and mom. Yeah, I, I, I really, I just, I don't, oh, what's that freaking word? Proselytize? What's that? Proselytize. Yeah, I don't go around like preaching to people. Like that's just, that's, that's not what I sure. do. But I'll, I'll talk about what I'm doing and kind of like what things are happening around me and like yeah. what I'm engaging in. And my mom, my mom likes to talk about stuff. My dad does too. Uh, my dad's much more conservative than I think I realized. Um, Dude, yeah. We don't need to go get into the whole thing, but 
it, knowing Andy the way I thought I knew Andy, I was like, homie, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's a contrarian, though. He's kind of like a, you know, this is my theory on, on my dad. So, like, he's oh, always been, it. yeah, and he's been kind of counter, <laughs> he's been countercultural, kind of, or at least in his mind. Um, and so I think being on Bainbridge Island, where it's like a bunch of kind of wealthy liberals, mm. he thought to himself, you know what, I'm sick of this culture, which like, I get that. But then he was like, I'm going to like be a rebel and vote for Trump. And he just right. thought like, yeah. maybe that's a good idea. Um, I know he didn't, he doesn't agree with like a lot of like, he doesn't agree with like the, the vitriol and the racism, but I think he kind of, I don't know what it was. I think he just liked the rhetoric of like the political class drain the swamp. And I'm just kind of surprised that he bought into it. Um, yeah. Needless to say, I had a, a pretty intense conversation with him when I found out he voted for Trump. Um, <laughs> kind of ripped his ass <laughs> I would imagine. I wasn't. I was like, just legitimately, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. And I could tell he was like, fuck, kind of thinking about it. But you know, he's he's the kind of guy that's gonna think about things. He's not like, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Dogmatic. No. Um, I feel yeah. like this is this is a hypothesis, but I feel like because. <laughs> we don't have like the, the left doesn't really have real political power in this country if like you're defining the left in like the global sense yeah uh, right we, like have our fucked up version of it in america um so like it's like you want to rebel against like the status quo like liberal order like you can't there's the, there's no home for you yeah go to the left like it's like if you wanted to say fuck all you guys you got to go to the other direction right no i think you're right and i also think for my dad like he he is a he like moved to this country and like he he lived the america's his american dream like he loves this country so much yeah like he loves the hard-working spirit he he always talks about australia like i know he likes it a lot but he always talks about kind of how like it's just it's kind of lazy over there. And I think he's actually appreciating that more, but I think he just really like loves sort of the image and the kind of the myth of America mm. and he really embraces it. And, and like, I get why, because like he came over here and had a really successful life and, and people like yeah. him. Um, but I think that kind of like clouds his understanding of like the greater reality. Um, yep. But, you know, I'm not going to like sit here and talk sh- talk shit to his face but i, I have these no. conversations yeah yeah and it's also yeah. like you as you said it's like everyone's perspective is such a huge deal right. and you're not necessarily going to change everything about your dad and you don't even want to so it's like you like you said you kind of pick and choose your battles with people you got to call right. him out for voting for donald trump but if andy has a little mysticism in his eyes around the holidays i think you got to let that slide <laughs> um, that little twinkle in his eye when he puts yeah, the star on the tree. twinkle Oh, you know what I like doing um, to my dad now, though? I'm going to tell you one last yeah. thing. Uh, so, um, so jo- I, I don't know if you guys, either of you know this. I think you know this, Josh. But, like, my, so my dad's, like, family is, like, Ashkenazi. Like, the entire family, right? But they were, like. You know what that means? Oh, uh, I yeah. Ashkenazi? Is that? Ashkenazi <laughs> Jew. Jew. Uh, oh, like, you European. know what? I, 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 better than what I was thinking, which was Nazi. Like, because it sounds so close to Nazi that I was like, oh boy. Yeah. No, the opposite. Means, it literally just means like Germany in Yiddish. Oh, okay. okay. I actually didn't even know that. Yeah. 
Cool. So one of my things I like to do now, because like his family was just very secular, they like weren't practicing Jews, but they were Jews in Europe, right? His, I'll just look at my dad and I'll be like, you're a Jew. And he's just kind of like sh- shuffles in his seat and he doesn't like know what to do about it. <laughs> and I just laugh. Because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like actually like practicing like Jew. Yeah. Jew- yeah. I don't say Judaism, but like I'm actually practicing now. So it's funny to me to be like, you're a Jew. And I can tell he's like, uh, like, you're I don't a know. Jew, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So that's been my thing lately. It's hilarious. Um, now, yeah, a... to the next question, uh, which was what initially inspired you to convert? Oh, mm. yeah. Um, what initially inspired me? I've always been interested in just like, I'm, I've always been a spiritual person and I've always been interested in like exploring, uh, not only my family's history, cause it's doesn't, it's not really talked about. It's kind of like very like out there, yeah. uh, very disconnected from it. Um, so when I moved to Rochester, I was like, I want to go to like a Jewish temple and just kind of like see what's good. Cause I'm kind of interested. Um, because I was, I was like practicing Zen Buddhism for a while. I fell off that. And I was just like, this, this is good. Like I learned some good skills, but I'm like, this isn't home. So I met a really close friend of mine, Hannah, uh, like six months into being in Rochester. She's Jewish. She's, she's, she's insane um, in a good way. Um, and she invited me to this temple she goes to sometimes. So I went and then, uh, you know, I, I kept going and I was like, this is actually like, like the theology and just the the language I was like actually kind of like I like naturally connect with this it, it didn't feel like unnatural like, yeah. I felt very much like I I like not I buy into this but like I just feel like I fully agree with this like I feel this not the Hebrew because I was like I don't know what the hell they're talking about but just just like the whole thing and I was like I like this culture I it doesn't feel like Christianity has a very kind of like glowy, like faith and Jesus thing. And like, I don't really connect that at all, but for us, it's like being Jewish is more about what you do, right? You don't even have to believe in God. It's just like these, this is how, like, it's like a good way to live your life. And mm-hmm. like, um, so it's kind of like a nice roadmap and it, it's grounding. And I also like Friday nights, um the shabbat services because like i work all week and then i get to go and just like hang out like sing kick it with some old jews and then like i'm supposed to not work for a whole day and i'm like okay that's actually really nice yeah so technically not supposed to be using the computer right now too but yeah well you know josh um yeah yeah uh pandemic yeah i would say uh yeah yeah, I, oh, sorry, Josh, go for it. I definitely connect with that, though, because, like, one of my favorite things about Judaism is there's not really, like, conditions of being a member. Like, in, if you're, like, a Muslim, you must believe that, like, Muhammad was, is, like, the son of God and the prophet. Or if you're a Christian, you need to believe that, like, Jesus arose after three days or whatever. But in Judaism, they're, like, uh, you just can't make up your mind that there's, like, you can't be, like, a pure atheist and say, like, no, there's not a God. As long as you're saying, like, there might be a chance, but I struggle with it, but I'm willing to, like, <laughs> argue and struggle, then it's, like, that's what, that's what being a Jew is all about. It's, like, fucking, like, learning more about, like, existence and battling with it. 
right more than just kind of like blind faith yeah you're literally supposed to argue like you're literally supposed to like argue and disagree with not only each other but like with the torah god the torah itself like you're literally just supposed to be like what the the fuck like moses like what yeah what are you like what are you doing out here which is kind of cool it's not like it's inherent like there's a sense of like i don't know intellectualism that's just like inherently built into the religion that you don't find in many other religions especially Mm. not the other two big uh (laughs) yeah yeah okay wait spencer Um, what's up yeah yeah um so yeah i feel like i could go into more and more stuff with you that's like more hardcore but i just want to know what you're what are you bumping these days oh Oh my god so i always have liked your musical taste and you always you you always are like coming up with some of that ish what am i bumping these days so i i like started uh reconnecting with with djing um a couple years ago Uh, my friend took me to a party in buffalo uh, that her brother puts on so the area of the country i live in like the rust belt is like the birthplace of like techno and house music isn't it detroit's like the yeah detroit's the birthplace of techno and then uh, chicago is the birthplace of house music so there's like a really like abundant underground techno and house uh, culture in this just area of the the country so i went to this party and i was just like blown away by the quality of the music like and the djs were like very good like spinning music for like six hours oh damn like vinyl like they're really like physically like spinning the music and like I was like this is like really good because I, I stopped listening to EDM personally because it just I stopped enjoying it um I've never enjoyed it okay yeah so so I, I guess I, I kind of I mean, stopped I enjoying it. EDM I had to be honest with you what like uh, like there's the occasional song that's just really catchy but it's like it feels like you genuinely have to be fucked up on Molly otherwise it doesn't make sense <laughs> Like, yeah. being, it's like, I mean, I'm never like just like chilling in the car driving home and thinking like, I need to hear some of that. Like, wah, like, you know, like, <laughs> well, jo- Josh, you, 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 you sometimes listen to it when you work out, right? Yeah. But like, I'm not listening to like what you're gonna, what's the fucking name of it in Las Vegas? Uh, the really big one. Like what you would oh. hear, like ultra in Miami or like yeah like I'm not listening to that stuff or like the fucking like like the like stuff that you go and like Molly and right you yeah. just like you're you're like drooling and your eyes are like yeah. literally falling out of your skull and there's like a 17 year old girl like sucking on a binky and you're like this is actually disturbing yeah, yeah. yeah. we've all been there though we've all been there. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I remember like when I was uh, when was it? I think I was like twenty. I was at it was in California. I went to this show in Oakland, and I looked to my right, and there was just this like little short Asian girl. Like, and I say girl because she must have been like fifteen, just like fishnet, like sucking on a big ear. Eyes were just rolled in the back of her head, and I just looked over and I just shook my head, and I was like, "This isn't it." <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I agree with you. Then I took Molly and I was really high. But like at that moment, I was like, this is maybe not, this is maybe not it. 
<laughs> no, it's not. It's not it. Um, so, so, okay, I, I so music. Like, the strain of EDM that, like, Ian is into and, like, I'm into, too, is, like, complete, like, follows a completely different path yeah. than the, that other shit. Yeah, so that's, like, very commercial, like, very, I would say cheap because it kind of just, like, is, like, intense sound, like, blah. It has mm. no, like, musical value. This, gotcha, gotcha, this, gotcha. So the stuff that I've, like, gotten into in the last couple of years is just, it's like opened up a whole world of music and so yeah and then i've also found like really cool electronic like dance hall artists and like artists from like puerto rico that like make really cool like reggaeton type music so like amazing futuristic stuff that um i'm I'm listening to now but i also listen to a lot of like soul music um yeah i listen to a shitload of jazz in the winter hip-hop as well um i'm all over the place to be honest like yeah i what, what am i listening to like right now though give me a, give me a second oh i i did listen to the meg the stallions album today and i thought it was pretty good i'm a fan um let's see what what else i listen to oh i listen to the new yeah like the new 21 savage album i listen to a lot of like grime from England? Yeah, like, listen to yeah. a lot of, like, English hip-hop right yeah, now. It's, like, really good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm literally all over the place. Like, what about you guys? What do you listen to? I've been listening to the, the Future and Lil Uzi album. Oh. No, that's not good. And, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. We're not going to talk about things like that. Um, okay, why do you want to – you? Why do you, like, you have a, a very, like, distaste for the island, Ian? Like, it seems like you want to, mm. like, I've, you made some comment about burning it down once. <laughs> what was that? I think you said that, I think we were at the pub, like, three years ago or something. Oh, yeah, give me, yeah, give me the context, because I'm, in, I'm interested. You're at the pub. It I'm was, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, totally serious. I just remember you mentioned. You were like, eh, might as well just burn it all to the ground. <laughs> I must have been in a bad headspace. So, yeah. Um, so the thing about it is I don't distaste. I don't hate the island, like, itself, right? Like, I, I think it's the... Because it's actually a very beautiful place up here in the mid. Yeah, it's extremely beautiful. I think it's just the dominant culture. Um, and I actually wouldn't even Oh, yeah, say, which is fake liberals, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say you guys are even in that, right? And I, that's why I'm, no, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're having, like, a, a conversation about it. I just don't like... Like, even as I was growing up, something just felt, uh, it felt like unreality in a way. Yes. Like, mm. I would go to some friends' houses, and my family was, like, doing well as well, right? But I'd go to some friends' houses and be like, this is just, this house is so, like, feels so big. And then I think it just felt kind of like, I don't know, is this the rest of the world live this way? Like, I kept just feeling like the rest of the world does not live quite like this. Um, and then I started working at San Carlos and a lot of my coworkers were like working class people, like this was their job. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. So like people live in a different way. Right. Um, yeah. and then some of my friends were also more like working class, uh, you know, their parents were, were not as wealthy. Um, and that right. was also like a point of like, huh, something's not right. And then I, I got to go to Nicaragua and, uh, when I was in high school and I was like, oh yeah, like. Like things are very different um, in other places. Um, and so I think as I kind of like 
explored just that idea and sentiment and just started to like branch out and not even it didn't even need to be like in another country but just branching out into like kind of how other people live in general um yeah i kind of like saw the ways that bainbridge the, the culture and, and like the existence of a place with so much wealth is just maybe not a good thing um, oh absolutely so it's not necessarily just the island or like i have a distaste for everything it's just like that dominant culture and i i grew up in it and i i know i just kind of realized that it's it's not for me um and maybe not it's hard for me to reconcile yeah so um so my relationship with island is i didn't grow i mean i did grow up but i also lived with my mom in the city before i came over here like in middle school basically um and i was thinking about this recently because i was thinking about like I was whatever. I was thinking about our interview that we were going to do, and I was thinking about questions I was going to ask you, and this is one of the questions. And I was thinking about my relationship with uh, Bainbridge being like, I remember not being a rich kid by any means. Right. And having a working class family and having a mom that I lived with in the city that was worked at a restaurant and at the time could pay rent and we could live in an apartment at Capitol Hill, which like nowadays, that's not, it's literally not a thing. Um, and coming over to the island and then I think there was like this sense when you said like, oh, there's something weird. It was for me, it was like, oh my God, like everyone I knew, you go over to someone's house and you're like, these people are wealthier than my family, which is this weird vibe too, where it's like when you're the kid that's not as wealthy at the wealthy kid's house, which is like why I think until I went to high school and was around like a lot bigger group of people, I was pulled towards like people like hanging out with Jordan or whatever, because I was like, we're a little bit more like he's like, he's his, he struggles, you know, like he has, like, he's taking care of a lot of shit. It was not nearly like that for me, but I still felt more comfortable in that environment because of what you basically like what we've been talking about here, which is like, there is this weird, when you grow up in basically a suburban wealthy community, it's going to be in America more often than not, like, I think it's changing, but it's going to be predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be predominantly fake liberals. <laughs> who I don't know if who, fake. I think they just are liberals. <laughs> mm, no, but it's like they, they want to get down until people start touching their money, though, you know? Okay, yeah. Wait, Spencer, hold up. This is great. Yes, what you just said is facts. Yeah. Um, but what? how many? Okay, this is something I think about often. So thinking about some of the families we know or families that are just around, how many of these, these, these dads with money do you think low key, like maybe would vote for Trump or, or someone very similar? Uh, I think there's more than we would think. Yeah. yeah. Right. I definitely so, think there's also some old school like racism because it's like racism <laughs> isn't that, I mean, racism is taught into us. Right. And so like, mm-hmm it wasn't that long ago that every white person in this country was a fucking racist, essentially. Like, that's the thing. It wasn't that long ago that the majority of us, and to say not racist, like, who's to say that I'm not now? I mean, I don't believe that I treat people that way, but, like, right, that's right. a whole other thing that we could go down. But, um, yeah. yeah, I, that's, that's very true. I think there's a lot of guys on the island that definitely do. I think the area that we grew up um also gave us like a lot of false senses of things 
And for me, one of the false things it did was like make me think like, okay, money is like this security blanket, which it is in a certain way, but it also like, I thought I was definitely attached to this idea of like money is happiness. Um, and mm -hmm. sort of an insecurity about money in general makes you feel like, uh, I think it made me feel less than probably like I didn't, I don't think I've thought about on a daily, like, Oh, I'm less than, but I think that's part of my characteristic of like, I was a very like loud and outspoken person in high school. I think some of those things were like ways of coping with like not feeling totally like I belong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was the kid with no, like the scrawny kid with no neck, you know, like I had to <laughs> like, like, you know, Oh my God. Um, you can, you, you were, the, you were the kid. You were the kid that played water polo as a freshman and got their speedo taken and 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 thrown out of the pool. Yeah. Like yes, but you were yeah, also yeah, yeah. but you were yeah, also yeah, yeah. the person that was literally yeah. like befriending people four years older than you and like literally being like like going like, to high school parties, literally just being years. like gang gang. Like you guys like me, and I'm four years younger than yeah, you. Yeah, I had a and I like, had a major self confidence. Issue. I had major self-confidence that I don't know if I would ever feel have again. It's sort of insane self-confidence. It was like, yo, <laughs> yo, bitches, you better accept me or not. And I just kind of came in flying. Kind of um, iconic, honestly. But, yeah. uh, but are there any stories, speaking of our childhood, that you remember fondly that involved Josh or involved me or any, you know, or just something that you've been thinking about, because when you listen to these podcasts, I'm sure that kind of some of the stuff brings back old. Yeah. Things, you know, honestly, like I remember like, and, and, you know, like Spencer, I don't think we were that close kind of near like senior junior year. No. Yeah. We spent a lot of time together before that. Um, yeah, we were neighborhood I, boys. Yeah, like I I remember specifically liking hanging out with you too. Like yeah. Spencer, because kind of what you talked about, like I could tell that you were a little more connected to like the realities of life. Like I I knew that like you didn't come from a wealthy family, right? Um, but like I also enjoyed like spending time at your dad's and like at your mom's or just with you because yeah. it was always just like a little more like I don't know it felt a little more freer from all, all that there's stuff. a little less stuff in the air yeah a little less stuff in the air right yeah. I mean I like that and so I remember like legitimately like enjoying my time in, in a way and not feeling like this sort of weird energy and then yeah. Josh you think about Josh like <laughs> this dude is honestly like so Josh makes a lot of dumb mistakes or has <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, let me talk about, let me talk about high school. Cause I don't, I want to speak for now, but like people would make fun of Josh cause he would do things that were kind of insane, but he was also like one of the smartest of people oh, yeah. I would talk to. Like, this is a guy that like put me on to tons of music, tons of like music culture. Um, and like, Josh I is a hip hop head, dude. Josh yeah. is, was Josh had the sneaker game on lock. Josh was a no, hip hop dude. I would like look to Josh for like music and he would like deliver. And, and I remember like having really like stimulating conversations with Josh. And I always just remember like th this dude is like really smart. Like I always have thought that. Yeah. Thank um, you. And it also felt good to spend time at Josh's house, you know, like Rick, you know, he was, uh, yeah. but he was funny though. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But I also felt like I could be myself around Josh too, and that's that's what always mattered to me. Can, can I be myself, mm -hmm. or do I have, or do I like? That's always been a thing for yeah. me. So, well, Ian, um, 
Ian and I yeah. also uh, played football together. In oh, football. my God. Yeah. Josh was also that dude on the football team back in the peewees, by the way. Yeah. Dude, like, Josh was that dude in high school. I think everyone was just too blocked out to know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were at the games, like, literally, like, not functioning, and Josh was just no, pounding, yeah. pounding it up the gut for, like, four years. <laughs> pounding it up the gut, riding right behind Alex Johnson's taint all the way to the end zone. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, wait, specific memories, though? Oh, my God. Do you guys have any, like, that would just include Yeah, what us? I was thinking about um, was when Josh tried to give Wynn that, like, hallucinogenic cactus on, like, our last oh. day of freshman year. Oh, I do. Oh, my um, God. Josh, I think, wish. also was – I think Josh was grounded and, like, wasn't able to come out, of course. But, like, we, <laughs> we got – we like somehow when got some hallucinogenic cactus and we all smoked weed for like basically our, our some of our I think it was like your first time smoking in my first time was my last day of freshman year with you and Mickey and someone else yeah yeah beach. yeah right 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 that's what I'm talking about this so and Wynn was with us and Wynn had eaten Josh's hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms oh, yeah. and then just bitched about how they didn't work all day and he was mad <laughs> that we didn't invite him to smoke and just like threw a hissy fit that was a pretty good memory that was, yeah, that was the first time I smoked. Oh, and then uh, this is a, a Josh moment. This was a, so I talk, I praised Josh for his intelligence, but now I'm about to let him know. <laughs> this was, I think, senior year, we were at Adam Ruby's house, and Josh <laughs> told us that he had bought some salvia. Um, he said, I have some salvia, and I said, I smoke salvia, I like that. Bring it over. So Josh brought his salvia over to Adam Ruby's. There was a bunch of people there. And I was like, I'm going to rip the shit out of the salvia. I'm going to trip out of my mind for five minutes, like always. It's going to be amazing. So I loaded the bowl. And I, no, no, wait, maybe Josh, you ripped the bowl first. You ripped the bowl. And then you were kind of being all weird, like waiting for it to happen. Like, "Eh." and I was like, okay, whatever, Josh. So I, then I loaded my bowl and I ripped it. And I'm waiting, right? I'm waiting for that moment where I literally like come out of my body. And all of a sudden, instead of that, I just start feeling an intense wave of, of panic. My heart rate is like a thousand miles per minute. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And while this is happening, I can hear Josh screeching upstairs. Like somehow he went upstairs and he's just like, Rawr! like he sounds like Gollum getting tortured up there. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? So I'm like trying not to die. Like I'm literally like, should I call 911? And then Josh goes somehow to the guest house and I can hear him screeching all the way across the parking lot in the guest house. And I can almost see a silhouette of him being like, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Oh my God, that is so good. Yeah. So I finally come down after like four hours and I'm like, what the hell happened? And then we find out that Josh had actually got K2 spice. Yeah. Like oh my synthetic God. marijuana. Oh, I remember this. So I bought <laughs> I was, I was uh, remember that uh, it was senior year and I was doing running start. And I remember it was like a Friday and on my way home, I stopped at this like head shop on first. And I, and I like asked the guy behind the counter if he could give me salvia. And he just gives me, He's like, oh, I know what you're talking about. And he just gives me a bag of some like mystery <laughs> herb. <laughs> but what I also remember from that evening is uh, Adam, our friend Adam's house is by like a really big park. 
and uh, we ran it. Ian, you like escaped into the park and we had to go searching for you. And we find you and you had just ran into a big group of like younger kids, a few grades below us. And we, and like Adam and I see you kind of in the shadows and you feel like <laughs> Moses like leading your people and all these kids are like, like sprinting all over the place. And you're just kind of like, ah! <laughs> Needless to say, that was like a classic Josh moment because he literally yeah. somehow just almost killed us all because that stuff is like that stuff can kill you by the way oh yeah yeah oh, spice yeah. is fucked up dude. oh my god i can't believe it's it was like legal um <sighs> i uh want to say this has been such a delight this podcast yeah it's been great i, lo- I love I, I i literally like love your podcast i listen to it like religiously well um keep doing so um ian i actually really appreciate all the stuff you're doing in the world, man. Thank you. I appreciate and, uh, what you guys are doing. Period. Yeah. So and everyone, everyone is doing good things. Everyone. Everyone is doing good things, or or at least we hope they're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but this is a podcast about falling down and not getting up, so we're not doing that good yeah. of things. Well, you guys, I don't know what image you have of me, but like half the time, I'm I'm literally like in bed, like contemplating. Like, oh, life fucked itself. up existences, and I'm like, I just need to like listen to some ambient and like take a shower. Uh, so it's, I, I'm I'm down too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we <laughs> we we keep it low to the floor, and we try to not get up too much. Um, yeah. Josh, do you have any final words? Uh, no, this has been great. Um, yeah, I think you. I think you said it's been. Yeah, no, it's it's been awesome. I, lo- I love I love you guys. When I heard you guys were doing a podcast, I'm like, this is literally perfect. Um, thank you um so, we definitely appreciate it ian you're gonna have to come back again um because oh, yeah, that was me, a lot of fun get me back on we could we could talk about way yeah. more um but also interview other people first because i want to hear those oh yeah who was the well, guy you guys had last week he was that was interesting um so this is alec is my girl well i guess he's a friend of mine too i should say but he's um my girlfriend's friend okay yeah, so it's that, a, they, that they, they work together. Nice. And, you know, we've got to know each other. He's an interesting cat. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. I, um, yeah, anyways. So keep it up. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Josh, thank you yourself, too. Yeah. I, I think you did a <laughs> wonderful job this evening. <laughs> I just want to say yeah, thank yeah. you. And, uh, thank you, good doggy. We are, uh, we did, yeah, let the, letting the viewers know we did this as a, a three-way Zoom call because Spine and I are currently on quarantine uh, because I had a Tinder date that I went on. Uh, with a Polish time. woman who had a sausage. We can, no. No, no, no. All right, that's everything. You know. Thank you so much for thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we will see you guys in a you know you know when you'll see us when you tune in. All right, bye. <laughs>